Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 10, Bands in Best of Five. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jesse, or Cypher, you get it. And thank you so much for joining me. We're back at it again. This time I have Hoborg coming in to talk with me about the all the discourse around bands in best of five, wobbling, and low latency monitors as compared to using CRTs. All that fun stuff from a really cool article by Practical Tasks. So I have that linked in the description of this podcast episode. You may want to reference it while we're going, but we try to cover it as much as we can for the listeners. But visuals always help. So if you want to pull that up while we're talking, fine by me. And stick around for some stuff once we're done talking. And I think I'll just let me and Hoborg do the whole breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Breaking news or something. Hi, welcome, Hoborg. I'm so excited to have you on Bottom of the Smash Mountain, the podcast, and you're here. So, Hoborg, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're going to have you on again for a full interview, I promise. But as I had already discussed with you before we started recording, I messaged you and I said, I see you seeing the discourse on the bands in a best of five set. And you said, yeah, yeah. And I said, would you be would you be willing to come on real quick? Like as in in possibly 40 minutes. <laughs> and you said, yes. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to be a part of it. I've, I I thoroughly enjoy this uh, this podcast, so I might as well offer my thoughts. <laughs> You're very kind. You're very kind. Yes, and we'll have you on for the for the full treatment. But for those of you who don't know, Hoborg is an amazing Luigi player and is part of the seven one seven Discord for all things melee. And although we're not going to have seven one seven events in the near future i guess we should take a, a brief second a brief moment to shout out jesse here jay bobison who has been holding it down for seven one seven with the raise the bar lancaster twitch rtb lancaster and now there's not going to be any more online events for the foreseeable future jesse's more or less retiring it but jesse's put in a lot of work and kudos big shout outs and thank you for running that and hoborg you helped out a little bit too so thank you for your part of course and a, a huge shout outs to jay bob he does massive work for the 717 scene and just penn state or pennsylvania melee in general i should say i love all of the little isms that i've learned about 717 melee and the central pa yes also saps smash at penn state which is still going on so if you are potentially interested wait does smash at penn state allow east coast registrants right yes actually funny enough we're trying to make this upcoming weekend one a larger one so that works out well hey plug smash at penn state if you are interested uh maybe i'll should i include a link to the discord in this podcast i'm not gonna stop you i know we let's go (laughs) I know we have, uh, it's always at smashdg slash saps every, every week or pretty much every week. Well, at least except for, except for when we're aiming for it to be the one. Oh, well, (laughs) the one is came and went. I did not pull that one out. Oops. (laughs) So there won't be the two. So the, the, there was, there was discussion of a two, but nothing's fleshed out yet. We'll see. And probably not best to try that theme every week but yes for those who don't know <laughs> hoborg and fan chris have uh 
quite a bit of a rivalry here in Central PA. Fancris, a fantastic Falco player. Hoborg trying to hold it down with Luigi, but Fancris has sort of run up his side of the scoreboard a little bit. But all that to say, I want to try to refocus a little bit. The MPGR Top 100 and the Melee Community Tackle Rules Debates by Andrew Practical Task Nestico, or Nestico, I'm not, oh boy, I'm sorry, Practical <laughs> Task, and then Jack, Jackie Peanuts Moore, have a very nice little article here on pgstats.com, great article, you should look that up, and I'll link that to this podcast episode as well, where they tackle a few different few different questions in which the top 100, the MPGR from 2019, and the community, people who decided to follow the link that Practical Task put out a while back, answering different questions about the Melee rule set. And the first question was, should wobbling be legal? Now, Hobart, do you have that article in front of you, or do you want yes. me to just... No, I, I certainly do. You think I don't come prepared. <laughs> oh, let's go. Do you want to give a rundown of what the top 100 in the community have said in terms of the results? Yeah. So uh, the results of the poll, the top 100 voted uh, to ban wobble, or no wobbling, rather, at 64% to 36% yes wobbling. And the community, at similar ratios, at 73 to 21, uh, keep in favor of keeping it banned. There was a little tiny six percentage there. For those of you who are really good at math, that's not me, but (laughs) 6% of the community responders said, I don't know to this question. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Sorry, (laughs) I just have have to say. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's such a small subset of players that is, like, completely unaffected by it. It's like in this online era, everyone everyone is affected by the legality of wobbling, especially. Whoa, 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 whoa! You, you, you're saying that people aren't affected by wobbling? Like, there's characters or players who, or are we just talking about Icy's players? I think, I think the not, maybe not necessarily Icy's players, but I think just any player in general. There are people that have never had to deal with a wobbling ice climbers in their life. The you can add me to that list, but even I would say wobbling should be banned. I say should. I still think it would be cool for one or two events, not necessarily a national or like a super major, but maybe some kind of region where the theme is wobbling in the sense of, I think a lot of tournaments or at least locals and regional sized ones should try to shoot for themes every now and again. Maybe not the wobbling thing, but what about different stages? What about adding in the characters that Team Acania is putting in and thinking of Wolf in particular, but that's just me spitballing as someone who's actually never entered a tournament. You have mm-hmm. entered so many tournaments. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So, this is an interesting one because I come from this background where Penn State, historically, there's up until I'd say about two or three years ago, there was at least one perennial wobbler. Uh, whether you're talking about the the super old faces, there was a, there was Cake, the Wobble Master, Arc Trace, another great ICs who definitely got a few grabs. Fuji Bean, there, I mean, like I've I've gone through my host of certified wobblers and. Uh, I try to remove as much personal bias from this question as possible, which I think is, I mean, it's impossible to do 100%, but I try and divorce myself from the fact that I personally think I have a pretty good matchup versus Ices and I'm pretty good versus them, yada, yada, yada. I, I, at, when this whole debate was going on about a year ago, I personally didn't think wobbling should be banned. And the main reason I've come around is solely because I think that 
we should strive to have something resembling a unified rule set. And everyone else seemed pretty on board already with banning wobbling. I didn't find it terrifically over-centralizing. I understand the arguments for why people want to ban it. It's not interactive. It's a guaranteed punish. So this, that. There's, there's a bunch of totally reasonable takes as to why wobbling shouldn't be legal. And I understand them. And I realize we're already past this question because it's by and large banned everywhere. But in my heart of hearts, I really don't think it was that big of a problem to begin with. It's really comes it really comes down to the more vocal members of the community. And for those of you who are curious on how exactly wobbling came to be banned, it is a great story and Alston Melee, shout outs to Alston Melee, has a great video on that in one of their top tens. You should look it up. I'm not gonna look it up right now and give you the link. I'm sorry. I just can't I <laughs> I just can't link everything. So one of the interesting things that I find about this poll is and this is something that's in the article as well that Practical Tass noted. Amber Sinister, shout outs to Amber Sinister of the Melee Stats, looked, uh, sorry, I should say, polled the community a little while back about wobbling. And it was a lot more divided at the time because wobbling had not been banned by and large. But now that it's happened, like you said, everyone's bought in and gone. Hey, okay, you know what? <laughs> One less thing for me to worry about, right? And there's just not <laughs> enough Icy's players to push back. It's sort of that that big cultural thing within the community, I guess. Yeah, it's it's, it's like this complicated question because every you know every single person inherently is going. If you enter brackets and you play melee and you've played against ice climbers, you're going to have a, a, some sort of bias on this. It's just impossible to like divorce yourself from the the competitive bias. But like seeing seeing how it's changed since before it was generally considered banned again. It's really interesting to see how much more unified the opinion is, and maybe that's from experience. Maybe that's some people who were convinced from the initial arguments. Maybe that's people who have now experienced a post-wobbling meta again and have decided it's better. And it's hard to say exactly where all that comes from, but I think it's really cool to be able to see the shift in general opinion. And it takes it does take time. Honestly, if if we were to have known about a lot of different advanced techniques, not just wobbling. I mean, things like slide off DI and and ledge cancels, all kinds of interesting things. If we knew about all those things in 2001, I, I feel like it would have taken a lot less time for wobbling to have been universally banned or, or overall banned for the most part in Melee. Mm -hmm. It just strikes me as sort of like that slow shift in the mindset and it just takes time and it takes time and it takes time and for less vocal ICs players to be out there as well. I feel like that does have a part in all of this, that there's just not enough ICs representation to push back against the tide. Yeah, and and, and as we've seen, like a, like a, it's just this, this switch that you flipped where now it's generally not legal, and there's, it, like, you're it's going to be nigh impossible in the future to have another sort of referendum on this sort of thing and to tell people actually you might like it if uh, when you get grabbed you die like the, now that the switch is flipped there's going to be a majority for the rest of time that don't want it re-legalized so i it's that's not a bad thing per se i mean that's just the nature of the issue but it's like the the people who are in support of wobbling have kind of already made their bed and it's at this point all you can do is look at how things shake out from there, I th at least for the foreseeable future. 
while we're talking about ICs and wobbling, what did you think about the official tier list that released a week or two ago? Because ICs is <laughs> is so not supposed to be where they are on the tier yeah. list because so, wobbling is overall banned. I know that the the survey was meant to be taken in the context of 2019, which is wobbling legal. And I have this weird philosophy. It's not that weird. It's probably pretty standard. Where I don't think ICs are that good of a character inherently. But in a meta where you can wobble people, human beings will eventually get grabbed. It would just it just will happen, and that I think that makes them a hard stuck eighth in a world with wobbling. Like they're not better than the characters above them, but damn, they will get grabs. You know, it just will happen. So like yes, they're 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 about as gatekeeping of a character as as can be they're the difference between you going one and two or zero oh and two depending on your seating and depending on your pool 100 percent. and it's like i think without wobbling they're somewhere in that mess of pretty good mid tiers i don't know where i haven't i'm still struggling with that question despite having made a billion tier lists in the past year or two because trying to answer all these questions i don't know ic's I don't think they're bad, bad, but they're definitely not nearly as good if you can't grab someone and kill them every single time, especially in floaty matchups. Like, oof. Oh, man. Icy's Puff, Icy's Peach, Icy's Luigi, Icy's Samus. Like, you lose all your punish off grab. It's crazy. <laughs> Icy's Marth. Icy's Marth. And I think there's some fakey stuff you could do, but yeah, you lose a lot. Not in matchups like, I mean, fast fallers, you could do like pretty, pretty true handoffs, like most of the time, depending on the situation. I, I don't, not going to pretend I understand the nuance of Icy's punish, but you could do some stuff. As soon as I heard, I forget who exactly was talking about this. Might have been Wisely. Shout out to Wisely, Icy's main. <laughs> uh, Might have been talking about something to the effect of Nana has some like RNG stuff that you can't mm -hmm. ever fully account for. And I was like, what? <laughs> There's, like, there's smaller things that you can account for. Like, I know that a rule of thumb, if Nana is near an edge of a platform or the stage, she'll throw towards it. But past a certain threshold, all you could do is guess. It's, like, the AI on Nana is so bizarre. Because it's based on your damage and also the range you're in from her. There's... Ices are very complicated. They're, they got some crazy stuff going on behind the scenes. And it's, like, there's so much pseudo to actual rng going on in terms of punish and neutral it's at a certain level it's crazy stuff to deal with i could imagine like i deal with rng but not nearly to that same extent <laughs> what are the odds for a misfire again i want to say one in six but it's one in eight isn't it it is one in eight it's it changes game to game i'd have to keep track of all of them <laughs> wait whoa 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 what do you mean it changes game to game so melee it's one in eight I don't remember what it is in Brawl. In Smash 4 and Ultimate, it's 1 in 10. Oh, word. Okay, I, I understand what you're saying now. I was like, what do you mean? Like, You mean to say that in a set you can have... Okay, but like, oh, no, you no, mean no, from no, different no, Smash game. Yeah, yeah, different Smash. And a PM has a whole mess of rules I won't get into because it's terrifically on topic, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that move's weird. I don't, we'll, I, talk I, more about, we'll talk more about Luigi in the full Hoborg interview. Yes, okay. <laughs> Perfect. On to question two. Yes. Do you think low latency monitors can be used in offline tournaments? You want to talk about the results from the top 100 in the community? Yeah. So top 100 tended pretty heavy. Yes. 76% yes. We can use late low latency. We have a no at 15. And then I guess that leaves uh, math, math, math. 9%. Not sure. And then uh, the community, similar ratios with 73% yes. 
Oh, it has the I don't knows at 20%. That's more than a no? Wow. There's more I don't knows than knows. That's crazy. It's probably just because I feel like those people who say I don't know are truly on the fence, in my opinion. It's not mm -hmm. just like an overall trolling thing or they, they're they just genuinely not sure, probably because they're amongst that crowd of people who have been playing Melee for so long that they're like, I mean, I don't want to say no, but I've either not played a lot on a monitor or I've had bad experiences on a monitor, but then I hear all these other people talking about how good monitors are, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where those people are landing. So I... I would imagine a lot of people haven't had the the proper experience of playing. I, I mean, even emulation melee on a good monitor is is pretty feasible nowadays. But even there are some people that do console melee on monitors, and it requires a whole bunch of specific, special codes to make it work right. Yada yada yada. I believe Hacks Money was the one who originally pioneered the codes for console melee on low latency LCDs, and. Uh, Shoutouts to Big Tasty, New Jersey TO. We started doing a, lo a monitor local right before COVID hit. And I went to a few iterations of it, and it was... I mean, after the first one where I got used to the fact that it was widescreen, which messed with my brain heavily, after that first time, uh, the delay was fine. It was honestly fine. I'm fine with it. I think that it's complicated because then you have to get into the, the case of like, oh, you need these custom codes. Can you use those at majors? Because there's already... To, discourse about using certain codes and mods at majors what can you do at a local you got it like how do locals even get their hands on these so i think you're gonna have to have some sort of bizarre hybrid thing where like locals that like just need the equipment that they have they'll use like crts and what they can get their hands on and then maybe some regionals or like more consistent like venued we had an esports venue that we were using for the monitor local and they just already had nice monitors so that was perfect and we were just able to use the the wheels with all the right codes and it was perfect but a lot of people don't have that option. So you have to sort of run the balance of like, well, is there a major that's going to run in like 128 nice TVs or nice monitors or whatever? And then what do you do for regionals? Do you have, like, are people going to be okay with tournaments where part of the setups are CRTs and part of them are monitors? There's so many logistical questions. But I think we have the technology where monitors are an option and all the rest of the questions come after that. Yeah, the logistical question, and also the fact that a lot of people who come back from playing online tournaments frequently, there will be a lot of people returning to IRL events like that who will be going, man, uh, we've been waiting a while. It's like, is there a setup or not? <laughs> because they'll all be used to the fact that you could just play your matches pretty quickly because you're on your own setup. And maybe you had a lot of complaints about it, but then you show up to somewhere where all the setups are overall legit, and then you just go, oh, wait, oh, that's one of the nice things about the <laughs> online tournament scene. You know, you just, you like to complain about things that are right in front of you, and you forget about how good you have it sometimes. Yeah, I think I think we all forget that every once in a while. It's like it's easy to forget how far this community has come. I mean, even in this past year where it feels like we've all been completely separate from each other and somehow the Melee community is not only like doing fine, it's on paper stronger than ever, both technologically and community wise. It's a crazy thing. And it's, it's I think when we come back to in person, we'll, we'll respect a lot of things that we previously weren't thinking a lot about. Let's go. And thank you, TOs. On to question three. Should there be bans in best of five sets? Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> so uh, the data. This is, this is a fun chunk of data right here. 
So top 100, it's it's pretty close. I think this is within margin of error even. It's yes, yes bans 48%, no bans 40%. We have two more answers? Someone, oh. Someone on the top 100 wrote in for one counterpick only. And I'm going to get to that because I think that's an interesting topic. But um, near evenish top 100 votes, near evenish community votes with a seven. Uh, it's community 43 yes, community 40 no, and 17% not sure. So it's it's kind of contentious. I mean, as you can tell from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Twitter had some thoughts, and I didn't get to see all of that, but... I, and I didn't I, because I honestly didn't get that far. I saw you say, you know, I've just been deleting a bunch of tweets that I could do about this whole best of five or best of you get it. Yeah, Bands yeah, in yeah. a best of five set. <laughs> and <laughs> I've just deleted all of them. And I went, that is the person I want to have on to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ah, oh, God, there was such a discourse in one of our, it was one of the Discord channels today. It was like, uh, do we want bands? And, I mean, we've had people, like, Penn State is now a healthy mix of, like, old heads and new faces and whatever. We have faces that we, like, picked up during quarantine that I've never met. It's crazy to me. But we have this whole, like, spectrum of opinions and thoughts and how the, this is all going to go. And from what I understand, the general arguments with bands in best of five is certain matchups will inevitably go to certain stages that aren't good for competition or negative for competition or a foregone conclusion not that i agree with any of that but i think those are a lot of the reasonings for it and i it's this strange strange question because it, it the fact that there's a ban in a best of three versus not a ban in a best of five changes the dynamic so much in a lot of matchups my issue with bans in best of five comes down to I like the five and a half stages we have right now, counting Frozen Pokemon, which is a whole nother topic, but we're stuck with Frozen Pokemon for technological reasons, so I'm going to talk about it. Allegedly. No, I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's I a whole I just couldn't help but notice they added more stages before they fixed Pokemon. But anyway, go ahead. No, I'm kidding. I love those stages. <laughs> Uh, it's I that's some whole complicated issue with reading discs for rollback. It's something bizarre. I, I don't even pretend I understand it. Oh yeah, no, I saw it a little while ago. I am just teasing. I love the yeah, fact I that they you. added on some more of those stages. It got, had a lot of people like Kish Prime tweeting out, "These stages are awesome." Really brings it back. <laughs> oh, that was a, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the April Fool stages. No, oh, what's it called? Um, so it boils down to me for. These best of fives, because in best of threes, there are some stages and some matchups you will never see. Like, let's say a, a, a Fox beats a Marth game one in a best of three. You know they're banning FD every single time, unless it's some crazy, crazy niche situation or it's a person-to-person pick or something. You know it's going to get banned. My problem with bans in best of five is that there are some stages in some matchups that will effectively never happen again in tournament, and I think that's dumb. Like, we'll never see Fox Marth on FD in tournament, period, ever, for real. Like, we're just going to, like, there's so many matchups where there will be a stage or two that will never show up again. Like, you'll, I think for over, I would say over two-thirds of his matchups, you would never see Ganon get to go to Yoshi's in any matchup, period. Which is crazy to me. Like, we only have six stages. We're going to lose at least one of them per matchup forever? That's, I, I don't know. I don't like that. Something about that rubs me the wrong way. 
Do you remember Smash 4 and how they only played on town, like city and town or whatever that stage yep. was called? That was, uh, it was a treat, let me tell you. You know uh, how much I wanted to, like, just sort of just stop existing at a certain point? <laughs> I don't I know how else to describe it. I don't want to be, like, no, like there's too only negative about it. But so the, much you can do. <laughs> why are we not playing on more stages, dadgummit? Like, that's my thought. And... and Look, I'm not advocating for like poke floats to be legal as fun as that would be. I think mm. if you have more stages, period, like if let's say we had 10 stages for whatever reason, a yeah. ban in a best of five is fine because you can't get rid of all the wonky ones where I'm the person who's not in a, not entering events as of now and I haven't competed as of now, but I'm going as a spectator. I love all those things. They're oh, so yeah. fun. And the variety is just enough that we can we can all not feel like we're gonna like want to explode when we hear the battlefield music for the upteenth time in a tournament. <laughs> and it's funny you mention that because I know I, I I'm always with this conundrum where it's like, well, if we had more stages, I would talk about it more. Whatever, like we could talk about it. We only have six reasonable stages within like that we've decided for the past decade or so are fine, and I generally think that's the case. I, I think P plus. Someone's gonna someone's gonna tell me I'm wrong, and I'm gonna get this wrong because I haven't entered a P plus bracket ever. But we've, or at least not one run by people who play P plus consistently. But I believe they have ten stages, and I think the rule is in best of threes and best of five, two bands always. And I think that's fine because there are ten stages. It's like a such a better number to be working with. We have six. That's nothing. We barely have enough to get through a best of five. Like. It, it, I, I can't see a world where we just get rid of ones permanently. And then, of course, there's the there's what the the one top 100 write-in and a couple people on Twitter are talking about is one band per best of five. And I haven't thought about it enough, but it sounds promising. I would be willing to try that. Because then you don't lose... People People on Twitter are talking about like, oh, you go down 2-0 in Foxmarth, and then you win a game, you know you're going to FD and you lose all momentum. Or like, oh, you start subsets, now 1-0, whatever. I don't think that's necessarily the case in most, like, 99.9% .9 of situations, but the argument for the ban, well, the one ban in best of five alleviates my main concern, which is that certain matchups on certain stages would cease to exist. So in a best of five, let's say, game two, the Fox can use their one ban to get rid of FD for that game, and then the Marth goes, okay, well, uh, I guess I'll go to Battlefield or something. And then if they lose that game... Then they can go to FD. And that's an interesting idea. I, I don't... I'm sure there's some weird logistical reason with it, but that seems a lot more metered to me where you don't just suddenly lose a stage forever in a matchup. It's almost like saying you can't immediately go to the comfort pick. You have to be down 0-2 in order to actually go to the stage that you want to play on. That's what I'm sort of understanding from this. Is that, is that following... Yeah, or you, I mean, it, you could strategize your ban in a different way. Like, for example, you're like, you're down 1-2, and or no, not down. I don't remember. My brain's having trouble working out when you ban in the stages. It's it's so much <laughs> wrapping around. But there, there, there would be some strategy to the use of the ban, as well as sometimes just choosing not to, I guess, although there's no reason not to. Maybe just mind games. But I think it, it would offer something very interesting in the format of a set, and I haven't thought of the downside yet, so I'm willing to think about it more. But I I just can't get behind just a raw always ban in best of five. I think that evaporates a stage in a matchup. And I 
I can't... It just gets rid of so many things that you'll never see again in tournament. And again, I'm not advocating for poke floats or anything, but I'm just coming from the spectator perspective, I love seeing more stages. And I'm, I think, more realistic than doing something like adding back in a previously banned stage that we haven't gone back to anymore, like Congo Jungle or something. I mean, I don't, you know, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what if there's the potential... Uh, the potential of adding in a custom stage that comes with the whole Nintendo thing. There's never going to be a chance of that being at a major thing, but one, one, one issue at a time. I, I, I just feel like as it is now, just from my own perspective, that if you have a limited amount of stages that it's already a little bit tight sometimes in terms of variety and selection for the players to play on, I don't really like the idea of doing bands in the best of five. And the only thing that I feel like might be interesting is to is to have best of fives and best of three have that be slightly different. Either make one last a little longer or the other shorter, vice versa. Like what if there was best of three except for the finals matchup, losers, winners, and grand finals or something? Uh, like a le- like le- uh, not Levo's, <laughs> not Leffen's Evo. <laughs> like <laughs> Evo 2013 was supposed to be best of five, and that was a whole controversy thing mm-hmm. for the for the for the winners final set. Ugh, history. Anyway, I'll let you talk. <laughs> no, you're good. I, I mean, that's all pretty relevant as far as things go. With it's like. What's it? There was this project that dropped. I know people have been throwing around the idea of like good custom stages for a couple months, and there was a project that dropped. I want to say like a week or two ago called Project RS, and it's this really interesting stage pack, and it's a bunch of stages that are either repurposed from non-legal stages or like injected assets to create new tournament legal-looking stages. And I think that's a really. I mean, um, there's a couple of goofy stages thrown in there, but by and large, they're meant to be just about tournament like if they existed they would probably be tournament legal and i think when you get into the question of adding stages to the game in the competitive rule set you get into a lot of hot water and it's really complicated to do so and i don't think that's quite the angle you can go from initially what i would say because adding custom stages you have to require everyone have them on console which is just a whole nother barrier of entry you you need to run a mod at a big tournament which we all know that's like a whole shebang but, in the future, I have this dream where Slippy... You ever, you, you ever play Halo? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Not the newer ones, though. Okay. I, 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 when I think of, like, Halo 3, they had these, like, they had buttons mm, where Halo you could go 3. into... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. That's top five for me. Easy. Incredible game. They had these playlists that you could pick in matchmaking, where it was, like, SWAT or Big Team Slayer, whatever. I dream of a world in Slippy where you have tournament, like, just console ter- stages unranked. And then you have another playlist, which is just ranked. And you have another playlist, which is doubles. And then you have another playlist, which is, like, every three months it rotates in, like, three new custom stages into the mix. Where you just have, like, a new map playlist. And for three months, that's just the meta, and you just get people's feelings on the stages. And you get a bunch of character data out, and you get to learn what makes a stage good for characters, how people like custom stages you could have a general opinions you could wrote you could have a hall of fame playlist where it's like all the stages that people really like are constantly in rotation you have another playlist that you click a button and it's mango x wednesday's rules with a random person like i it's so much work but the limits 
for what we have in Slippy are so they're they're weaker than ever. You can do anything. And being able to demo a stage list through like an unranked style playlist, I think people would definitely click on that if they want some variety. You'd have enough players to keep it consistently running. I don't know the leg- I don't know how hard it is to create a whole separate queue. I'm not going to get into that. Fizzy can deal with that part. But I think it'd be really cool to have a separate area where we just, every three months, we have some community stages that just get rotated into a separate queue and people just try them out. I think that'd be super cool. That sounds like a wonderful idea. But yes, to your point, that is based on based <laughs> on the interview with Scar and Toph. That sounds like a very, very time-consuming, years-long project that Fizzy would have to undertake and among all the other things that he's having to do, did you did you listen or or watch that interview? By the way, like I was I don't sort think of like so. I was sort I was sort of like not sweating bullets per se. Like Scar asked Fizzy, I won't, I didn't count, but it was it was at least five times throughout the whole thing. Like you good, Fizzy? Does, does the community <laughs> need the help? Are you doing okay? No, I because like <laughs> Scar definitely knows. Like, if Fizzy's, like, somehow goes, you know what, I'm out, like, we are so screwed. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. We like love you, Fizzy. But um, to your fan. point, to your point, there there are a lot of different ideas, like like the ones you just said, different kind of playlists, rotating in stages. I mean, just all the people that played Slippy again when the April Fool stages came out. That That was sort of like what you were talking about just now, except it already happened. It's not it didn't have different cues and such. There were a bunch of really salty unranked players who were like, I'm trying to take this seriously. And we're all like, are you kidding me? You're on, you're, you're playing unranked. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. There's only so much you can do at that point. I I had a blast April 1st. Oh my God. I, as someone who never owned melee as a child, I am woefully underprepared for things like poker floats. Like I know them, but I don't, they're not ingrained in my soul. So I'm just getting clowned on by random unranked Falcos, which is a fun experience. <laughs> I saw, uh, I saw on Pew Pew use Twitter, like a, a few different things, but I saw on the DK 64 level, like just taking advantage of the barrel down below and like get somehow getting a combo extension out of it. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> There's no, the, the non-legal stages have some absolutely deranged stuff. It's crazy. And it's also but, fun, like realizing why they're banned. Like I ended up, <laughs> me and my friends just tried circle camping each other on Congo jungle. It was super funny. <laughs> Oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Project RS. That's a really, really cool. That's a really cool thing. I was looking at it while we were talking. While we have been talking here, yeah. this is this is at Mist Ledge Dash Raul Duke on Twitter, where there's all kinds of interesting looking stages, including the Meta Cave sixty four level or. No, that that doesn't that doesn't sound right. But it's the Metal Mario stage from Super Smash Brothers 64. I love that stage. You can play it in Smash Remix as well. And the Kalos stage. I yep. love I love the Kalos stage from Smash 4 and Ultimate. I just love that stage. Not necessarily because of how big it is. I'm just talking about the aesthetic. I love it. So, oh, yeah. love that Project RS. Let's go. Yeah, super cool project. I think it's Miss Legendash and Cyrox did it. It's very cool stuff. Yes. Yes, yes. According to this tweet, Cyrox was in on it as well. So shout outs to them. Thank you so much for putting more stages into this and stages that could potentially. Yeah, some of these actually look familiar just like in general. Like I think I've seen this in gameplay recently. So I just didn't know it was Project RS. So it might be. 
No, all good. I'm, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to play some of these sometimes, man. Okay, so <laughs> that's about all I got. Was there any other thoughts that you wanted to add before we wrap up here? Uh, I mean, I think that's that's all I had on these questions. That's There's some hot topics, I'll say that much. Oh, for sure. No, we could keep going, but I'm gonna gonna put a cap to it because I got things I got to do to push this out either today <laughs> yeah. or tomorrow. I'm not sure yet, but we got stuff to do. Tell the people where they can find you, Hoborg. Uh, on Twitter at Hoborg. That's that. I don't. That's most of it. I don't know my Twitch, which is also Hoborg but with the zero for the second O, because I couldn't get my hands on the one without a zero, and that's how it is sometimes. <laughs> but wait, uh, hold on. I got yes. mixed up. You know what? I'll just ask you to send me the link afterwards. Yeah, yeah I got you. The Twitter's the easy one. There's, it's just no, no, no numbers, no nothing fancy. Twitter's, Twitter's the easy, easy one. Alrighty. Thank you so much for being on with me, and all of you for listening. Thank you for joining us here on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. Woo! Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Uh, why are the opening segments so much easier to record than the closing segments? It's probably because I put a lot of pressure on myself to not forget something, but the reality is is that I do forget a lot of things for recording <laughs> podcasts. So I tried to bookmark some tweets that I wanted to circle back to, starting with at Jay Bobison, who actually already got a massive shout-out, but I love Jesse, so... I wanted to read his reaction on the discourse around the monitors versus CRTs question, where in a tweet he says, I worry about small scene TOs like myself. A switch to low lag monitors likely would price us out. And I worry that if small scenes run events on CRT while majors run monitor, the events would be seen differently. I'm not against it, but it definitely raises some new problems. And we didn't, say questions and thoughts related to the TO perspective specifically, we probably me and Hoborg, I mean, we probably were just talking about the player and spectator side of things and only doing the TO side of it in terms of a logistical problems and questions, but we didn't really get into it that much. So Jesse already has an open invite to the podcast and Actually, if I had seen this tweet, I probably would have invited on Jay Bobison instead. And then I would have, in my wrapping up segment, talked about <laughs> Hoborg's tweet. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jesse. If you're still listening at this point and you're like, come on, man, what the heck? Hey, I am going to get you back on. We're going to talk about some other hot topics of Melee. And don't worry, those tend to come up. Believe me, and you get it, and we all get it. Hot topics for Melee, <laughs> those come up all the time alright let's see what else I have saved here oh yes okay so this is super super cool got a big old announcement from at Melee Sad Posts Melee Sad Posts has been working on this really really cool event called Team Combo so please go to YouTube and look up Team Combo a Melee event it'll come up you'll see on the thumbnail or at least the thumbnail that I'm seeing is Fizzy, Scar, Toph, and they're just helping out with announcing this new event that's coming around where the basic concept is masters, apprentices, and who can be the best of the best in that regard. I don't want to do too much talking about it because you really should just go watch the trailer. It's awesome. 
Go watch it. At Melee Sad Posts is the one who's heading it up. So shout outs to them. Toph underscore BBQ talking about doing all kinds of things related to not being sure about doing a stream last night. Well, why is this relevant information? Because today specifically is Toph's birthday. So happy birthday, Toph. I don't always wish people happy birthday, so I feel bad for when I miss people's birthdays, but it's impossible to keep track. But I happened to see this tweet, and I thought, you know what? I'll just do a birthday shout-out. Happy birthday, Toph. Let's sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Toph underscore BBQ. Happy birthday, Golden Gardens Toph. Yeah, happy birthday, Golden Guardians Toph. That's what I meant to say. Woo, that sounds nice. Now, another thing that I saw, at Hunter Lee, not L-E-E-L-E-I-G-H, was tweeting about a recent release from at PPMD, you know, the legendary Falco Marth player, talking about a new segment that they're going to have or new YouTube-related content called Radio Melee, which is a podcast about TOEF and PPMD doing all kinds of stuff on Tuesdays, streamed on twitch.tv slash PPMD. And Hunter Lee had this to say, so happy to see this come out. I'm shocked the hotline league format hasn't branched out in esports before this. Excited to hear all the hot takes from the Melee folks. I'll have you know, Hunter, I considered doing a little bit of a hotline concept where I would say, hey, follow this link, record a 60-second blip or blurb, and send it to me, and I'll include it in the podcast. But I was just getting started out, so I thought to myself, who's really going to respond to this? And how long do I really want to end every podcast with saying, you should you should follow this link and then send me a recording of yourself saying something either hot take he or, or dumb or shouting yourself out and hey I'll do that at some point but I'm not going to do it right now because it'll look like I'm ripping off PPMD and Toph and I'm not trying to do that speaking of happy birthday Toph again again <laughs> Golden Guardians Toph woo okay let's keep moving Seth loves to talk or should I say Seth loves pizza Seth just keeps coming back to this pizza thing and I have yet to watch the clips but Seth just keeps talking about pizza. I thought it was worth noting that I might just actually call him Seth Loves Pizza instead of Seth Loves to Talk. But shout outs to you, Seth, for sponsoring the Alston Melee Bender. That was super cool of you to do. And all the amazing content that you're rolling out there for the world. Let's go. And that is pretty much it as far as I can see. So if I forgot something, I'll feel bad later. But you've been listening long enough, and you all are great for sticking with me. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. How about that?